Welcome to Welcome to Awarded Awards with Junius Ricardo. Junius Ricardo Stanton. Racist Professor Griff, you're listening to Junius Ricardo Stanton. Straight up, we're teaching you all those things you need to know from the neck up. All right, we're definitely doing a checkup from the neck up. This is Professor Griff from Public Enemy, the ex-minister. I'm out. Peace. <laughs> Welcome to Akoban, the Warhorn. My name is Junius Ricardo Stanton, and I'm your host and facilitator for today's episode. Akoban is an indinkra word and symbol of the Akan people of Ghana, West Africa. The traditional villagers use the Akoban, which is a specially carved animal's horn that makes a distinct and unique sound, as a call for alertness, readiness, preparation, and in extreme cases, mobilization. Today we sound the Akoban to alert you to current events, perspectives, intriguing ideas, and personalities that you may not see or hear in the corporatist controlled media or the monopoly digital platforms. So we encourage you to tell your friends about Akoban, continue to listen, and think for yourself. We'll be right back following these messages and a meditative moment. Stay tuned. Greetings to the Internet Radio family. This is Reverend Valentine speaking. You know, for nearly 30 years, I have had the distinct experience of being interviewed over every medium of communication available to the public. And except for the metaphysical underground, I can think of no other electronic venue that has been more progressive, more innovative, more insightful, more diligent, more diverse in its demographics, and more courageously supportive of the truth than this ever-growing phenomenon called Internet Radio. And this is precisely why I'm here to tell you that it is so vital that you give your wholehearted support to it. Tell a friend. In fact, tell two, three, and four of your friends. If you are a business owner, support Internet Radio by telling your customers and constituents all about it. Let them know that there is a legitimate and important substitute to all of the prefabricated, super-sensitive garbage polluting our public airways today. Don't allow the mass media to continue to treat you like a mindless consumer drone. Enhance your awareness. Indulge your critical thinking, your reasoning, and your analysis. Do as I do. Log on, listen in, and then let it be known all about your internet radio experience. Chimatep, beloved family, thank you for listening. Walk in light. This is a meditative, relaxing moment with Junius Ricardo Stanton encouraging you to relax, let your shoulders drop naturally, normally, breathe in through your nose, take a deep breath, let your abdomen expand, relax, hold it for a count of 
five, four, three, two, one. Exhale, let your abdomen sink in. Relax, take a deep breath. Inhale, let your abdomen expand. Hold it, five, four, three, two, one. Exhale, softly, relax. Monitor your thoughts, don't resist what you see, the images, relax, focus on your breathing, inhale, deep, let your abdomen expand, hold it, five, four, three, two, one, exhale, relax, continue to monitor your breathing, focus only on your breathing, relax, let the tension flow outward from you. Inhale, fully, fully expand your abdomen. Fill your lungs with life-giving oxygen and air. Hold it, five, four, three, two, one. Exhale, relax, relax, relax. Perk up and be prepared to resume your day in an extremely relaxed state of mind, being, and health. Till next time, stay strong and stay healthy. Listening to Octoban, a call to awareness, a call to alertness, a call to action, and a call to war with Junius Ricardo Stanton. And on this episode, we're going to share something that we've written. It's entitled Hippocratic Oath Hypocrites. Quote I will offer those who suffer all my attention my science, and my love. Never will I betray them or risk their well-being to satisfy my vanity. I will not hurt my fellow or put a knife to his flesh if I don't know how or give him an herb to soothe his pain even if he begs for it in anguish, if it might take away his breath. I will never harm my suffering friend because life is sacred from the tender fruit that he once was in his mother's womb to that first sigh he gave out between her legs when he opened his eyes to the world. I will try to understand his sorrows, but his secrets will never leave my ears. Under no circumstance will I use his body to advance my knowledge or my fame, unless in his last moment he or his widow gives me his corpse so that his death may help me understand how to soothe others' pain. Unquote, parts of the Hippocratic Oath. 
We are living in an era of duplicity, mendacity, deceit, greed, and immorality. These traits permeate our total society from top to bottom. Medicine, doctors, and medical education are no exceptions. They are all in eyeball deep. There was a time upon completing their training and studies, Western physicians swore an ancient oath to do no harm to their patients, to respect life, and to dedicate his or her life to the service of humanity. Alas, those days are long gone. Today, the Hippocratic Oath is considered outdated, passe, and irrelevant. Quote, Hippocrates was a Greek physician in the 4th century B.C. He is most widely known for the Hippocratic Oath, but like his theory of the four humors, the oath is now passe, a relic of a bygone era that is irrelevant to modern medical practice. You might be surprised to know that medical schools no longer require their graduates to take the oath. Instead, many schools offer alternative professional oaths more in line with, quote, modern, unquote, values and culture, with little resemblance to the original Hippocratic Oath. The oath outlined the duties of physicians to their gods, to their teacher, and their patients. Students were expected to follow this strict ethical code to profess, quote, unquote, their commitment. This was the origin of medicine as a profession. The vow was a shining contrast to many of the accepted practices of Greco-Roman physicians. Later, this oath was adopted by Christian physicians and was accepted as a common code of ethics in Western medicine. Physicians also vow not to give poison to anyone, though asked or to do so, nor give a pessary to a woman to cause an abortion, unquote. You can detect the ban against euthanasia and abortion. Such participation would violate the proper role of a physician as a healer. This vow affirms the Hippocratic physician's commitment to preserve human life and avoid patient injury. Unquote, the Hippocratic Oath, HTTPS, colon, four slash, four slash, everydaybioethics.org, podcast, forward slash, Hippocratic Oath. The Hippocratic Oath pledged to do no harm, to not administer poison, conduct abortions, or harm a patient in any way. Today's medical students are trained to write prescription for pharmaceuticals. Most of them are only vaguely familiar with or have no real knowledge of. Today, abortions and euthanasia are rampant part of the daily to-do list. Today, physician error, adverse medicine reactions, and staff mistakes account for a significant number of patient injuries and death. This is called iatrogenesis. It consists of wrong diagnosis, incorrect prescriptions, error or faulty procedures and techniques, information or equipment, negligence, hospital or nursing home infections. www.corporatecrimereporter.com forward slash news forward slash 200 forward slash Michael Sachs on dash the dash epidemic dash of death dash and injury dash from healthcare. The practice of medicine has changed over the years thanks to people like John D. Rockefeller who put his personal stamp on medical education, physician training, and the fledgling pharmaceutical industry in the early 20th century. Quote, scientists were discovering various vitamins and guessed that many pharmaceutical drugs could be made from oil. This was a wonderful opportunity for Rockefeller who saw the ability to monopolize the oil 
chemical and medical industries at the same time. The best thing about petrochemicals was that everything could be patented and sold for high profits. But there was one problem with Rockefeller's plan for the medical industry. Natural herbal medicines were very popular in America at that time. Almost half the doctors and medical colleges in the United States were practicing holistic medicine using knowledges from Europe and Native Americans. Rockefeller, the monopolist, had to figure out a way to get rid of his biggest competition. So he used the classic strategy of problem-reaction-solution. That is, create a problem and scare people, then offer a pre-planned solution, similar to terrorism scare followed by the Patriot Act. He went to his buddy Andrew Carnegie, another plutocrat who made his money from monopolizing the steel industry, who devised a scheme from the prestigious Carnegie Foundation. They sent a man named Abraham Flexner to travel around the country and report on the status of medical colleges and hospitals around the country. This led to the Flexner Report, which gave birth to the modern medicine as we know it. Needless to say, the report talks about the need for revamping and centralizing our medical institutions. Based on this report, more than half of all medical colleges were soon closed. Homeopathy and natural medicines were mocked and demonized, and doctors were even jailed. Unquote. How Rockefeller founded Big Pharma and waged war on natural cures. HTTPS colon four slash four slash cloudfront.net four slash all natural healing SRQ four slash 2019 four slash 09 four slash how dash Rockefeller dash founded dash big dash pharma dash and dash wage war dash on natural cures. Rockefeller and Carnegie through their foundations, money, donations, political influence, and philanthropy, quote-unquote, created allopathic medicine, pretty much wiped out homeopathic, naturopathic, chiropractic healing, and single-handedly created the pharmaceutical industry. These advances began the gradual demise of the philosophy behind the Hippocratic Oath, quote, to be a servant of humanity and do no harm, unquote. Today, the consolidated for-profit healthcare conglomerates and big pharma, under the guise of progress, education, and evolving bioethics have rendered the Hippocratic Oath and those who originally practiced it obsolete and passe. And we can see how that development, the intrusion of the Rockefellers and the Carnegies into the creation of allopathic medicine and the boom of the petrochemical pharmaceutical industry has led to where we are today. And what we need to see is beneath the public fascination with doctors in Hollywood promoting them as healers and uh, characters committed to the well-being and in service of humanity, that image is just that, an image. is not real. It's not part of reality, and particularly when you look at how the Rockefellers influence medical education and medical training. They took the Pasteur notion of germs and microbes and use that to promote their pharmaceutical and drug industries that early on Rockefeller had a monopoly on so much <clears throat> excuse me so much so that he went international and, and bought up a lot of chemical companies around the world so that he could have a monopoly remember this is John D Rockefeller who said competition was a sin so we're looking at a man who 
believed in Monopoly. His friends and peers believed in Monopoly. And they set out to control the pharmaceutical industry. They set out to control the medical training and education industries to the point that they were interconnected and interrelated. They had a lot to do with the growth of the American Medical Association, which initially started out as a trade organization. Uh, Once they started putting their money into it, it began to evolve into a professional organization that exerted a great deal of influence on the medical industry, teaching medical training and education. And that coupled with their control of pharmaceuticals and they can the Flexner report uh, actually resulted in the closing down and, and the drying up of a lot of schools, mainly because the schools that were willing to take Rockefeller money, and we can see a lot of them like Johns Hopkins, which was really a major benefactor of Rockefeller money, Rockefeller Foundation money, and they became the standard and other schools started seeing the benefits of allowing the Rockefellers to give you millions and millions of dollars and how it controls your curriculum and the outcome, very similar to what he did at the University of Chicago uh, in other fields and other academic areas. That became the, the norm. That became the model. And that's what we see today. It's just not the Rockefellers. It's also the Bill Gateses, the Soros's, and the Warren Buffetts, and they have become the new face of medicine. They've become the new face of the eugenics movement because the Rockefellers and many of his peers were promoters of the eugenics movement, and they even helped influence and move it because the eugenics movement started in Great Britain, came to the United States, and then was used by Adolf Hitler, and unfortunately for them, with his his, uh, massive genocide and his uh, ultimate solution, quote-unquote, it fell out of favor from a PR perspective, so they had to go underground, and now they they have cleaned it up, it's population control, it's, it's health, it's public health, sanitation, things like that. But it's really just a sham or disguise for for their program. Number one, they want to monopolize money. They want to have money. They want to have control. And they want to shape and define society. They want to engineer society to fit their agenda, their values, and their goals. And it's not just in the medicine and pharmaceutical. You can see it in industry. You can see it in academics. You can see it in entertainment, communications. You can see it in government where these people, because of their money, because of their influence, their foundations, because of of their uh, putting money and creating institutions that become the forerunners and models for a whole genre of businesses uh, and set the tone And they shape society. It becomes a form of social engineering. What we're seeing is the world is being turned upside down. By that means that, say, the Hippocratic Oath and someone who wanted to be a doctor because he wanted to be a healer and he wanted to be a person who was in service to humanity, that has been transformed to now being pushers of pills and prescriptions 
and medical equipment to the point that profits take precedence and priority over people. It would be nothing wrong if they were promoting medical equipment, drugs, and pharmaceuticals that were stringently studied, stringently scrutinized, and we knew that they were of the utmost safety and in terms of the whole philosophy of do no harm, but that's not what it is. They could care less. And a perfect example is you see the larger pharmaceutical companies, particularly in this COVID uh, money-making bonanza, say Pfizer and Johnson & Johnson, they're within the top 10 of the companies that have been fined by the U.S. uh, Justice Department and even around the world in terms of violating ethical business procedures, putting products out that are not safe, And because they control the U.S. Food and Drug Administration, which is a public agency that was set up to protect us against poisonous or harmful foods, drugs, and medical equipment, but that whole agency has been subsumed, and it's called regulatory capture, by the very industries and companies that it's supposed to regulate and scrutinize to the point these companies tell them what to do And they do it whether or not it is beneficial for us or harmful to us. And we can see that with this rush to have these COVID vaccines that were not fully tested in the traditional manner of the scientific protocols that usually take years of animal and human testing before they're deemed safe and effective. These people just, as they said, Warp speed. They just ran right through it. They're not vaccines. They are uh, genetic concoctions. They've even changed the definition of a pandemic. They've changed the definition of a vaccine. And they're steadily working, doing the things that George Orwell warned us about in his novel, 1984. Remember, Winston Smith worked at the Ministry of, of Truth. And he was busy erasing history, changing, rewriting history to suit the needs and the agenda of the party. And that's what we're seeing now. We're seeing the suppression. We're seeing censorship. We're seeing the internet being scrubbed. We're seeing people promoting book burning. All types of uh, information and narrative control so that they can put out what they want. And most people are not going to question it. Everybody's not a skeptic. Everybody's not somebody who says, well, I'm from Missouri. Show me. Show me the facts. Let me ascertain what's going on and think for myself so if I make a mistake at least I know that I was the one who made the the error and I'm not just going for some flim flam falling for some okie doke that's what we have to do we have to encourage more people because it's a travesty that we live in the so-called information age but yet we're so stupid and by stupid I'm not talking about unintelligent or that our brains not and our nervous systems not functioning adequately what I'm talking about is the root word for stupid is stupor. You're in a daze. You're not fully aware or cognizant or conscious of what's going on around you. And that's what they have done. They put us in a stupor. We're looking at reality through a generated image, what in recent years we've come to call the matrix. And unfortunately, too many people are taking the blue pill. Too many people just are content to go along with the program. They want to go along to get along. And we saw that with the rollout of the COVID experimental injections. They told us, and part of their campaign was after this massive social disruption, 
national and international traumatizing event, the lockdown of the economy, social distancing, social isolation in a species and for a species that is naturally gregarious, that is naturally social, whose whole aim to function, even in a culture in the West that talks about individualism, is really still based on networking and cooperation, despite what they say. So to go against that, not just from an ideological point of view, but just from a point of view where they forced people into a new, quote unquote, normal, was traumatic. It was traumatic because people are creatures of habit. They're stubborn. They, like, they want to keep doing what they did. They want to feel comfortable. It gives them a sense of comfort. It gives them a sense of predictability. And when you take that away from them, they're under immense stress. And when they're under immense stress and they don't feel that they have a means or a mechanism to right themselves or to gain some control over their situation, the stress becomes exacerbated and they become even more and more stressed out to the point that they begin to take on this hopelessness, helplessness syndrome or this what some have called the Stockholm syndrome where you begin to relate to those who are abusing you. You relate to the media because they're the ones who are giving us the gloom and doom every day. They're the ones who are telling us that if you just stay in the house for two weeks, everything is going to be okay. If you just take this vaccine, we'll go back to the way things were. And so they saw the tension and the angst mounting, and we saw it in 2020. And from my perspective, the machinations and the upheavals following the George Floyd incident, a lot of it was premeditated and planned to create social upheaval and disruption. I'm not talking about that. I'm not talking about that kind of Bolshevik type of uh, social chaos. What I'm talking about is the, the frustration of people being in lockdown, having cabin fever, and they just wanted to get out. So it wasn't so much George Floyd, it was seeing that image. And I even that, I believe, was deliberate because things like that happen every day. Just imagine what it takes for something like that to go viral when we're looking at now where they are in active suppression and censorship. They could have easily censored that. They could have easily deep sixed that. They could have programmed their algorithms where something like that was shuttered and put it in the background. And only a few people would have seen it. Only a few people within those other folks' networks would have seen it. They could have shadow banned those people, their accounts, their phone accounts, their Twitter, all of those things. Because that's what's going on now. That's what's going on big time now. Anytime they have the audacity to ban a sitting president or a former president of the United States, whether you agree with him or not, whether you like him or not, whether you think he's the greatest thing since sliced bread or you think he's a doofus, it doesn't matter. They engaged in censorship. They engaged in information suppression. We're supposed to have a free society. We're supposed to have freedom of expression. We're supposed to have freedom of press. They have denied that. And we have to be clear and understand what's going on right now. As we speak and as we record this November 27th, 2021, there's massive demonstrations and upheaval going on all around the world in mainly Western cultures. Canada, not so much, but the UK, 
France, Germany, a lot of things going on in Eastern Europe, Australia, back again to Europe, Austria, massive demonstrations against these vaccination mandates, the lockdowns, and the rise of major adverse events where you're seeing the most injected countries in the world, like Israel, Gibraltar, Italy, Ireland, seeing spikes in the infections, or you're seeing serious adverse reactions to these injections. And it is my fervent hope and prayer that the people who have taken these injections remain healthy and well. But what we're seeing is there has been a spike in massive reactions. And the reactions range from the the minimal to the severe, including death. I would encourage you to use a reliable browser and look up Cheryl Atkinson, investigative reporter. She has a podcast. She did a, a podcast on the numbers of adverse events for COVID vaccines. And there's well over close to 60 of them using the adverse event reporting system, using the media, using hospital data, using CDC data, using World Health Organization data, which aren't necessarily that reliable, but it's something to begin with as a starting place. She compiled just a list with the numbers of these adverse uh, reactions, something as benign as a fever, all the way up to, uh, you know, paralysis, neuropathy, pain, things like abnormal fatigue, depression, vision disorders, strokes, you name it. And I have like four or five pages worth of that type of information. So I encourage you to look at it, not to make you afraid, not to continue the fear porn, but so that you become aware because you're going to be put with a choice to take more injections, more boosters as people see that the stuff is not safe, it's not effective, it's not working. So now they've come out with the Omicron variant. So that's supposed to take your mind off what's going on. And of course, they're going to have a solution. Again, the problem, reaction, solution. They're going to have a solution. It's already in place. They're probably going to have you take either more booster injections or you're going to be taking the oral kind of medication because I think Pfizer just came out with an oral pill that many say is very similar to something that's already in existence that they denounced was ivermectin. So we'll see. I haven't checked that out. I have to check that out for myself and verify whether or not that is in fact correct. But we need to know that they're not being fully transparent. They being the pharmaceutical industry, the politicians, the technocrats, and the billionaire oligarchs who are behind a lot of this. And so we have new generation people it's not just the Rockefellers anymore. It's now the Bill Gateses. It's now the uh, Warren Buffetts. It's now so many others. It's the Klaus Schwab, who people say looks like a James Bond kind of villain character. And when you think about it, it's almost like uh, Dr. No or somebody. He looks, he looks like that. But anyway, we need to open up and be aware and think and make up your own mind. Uh, I'm not professing to be an expert, although I have spent many hours looking at this. 
sizing up some of the information, comparing the information. And there's a lot of technical data that goes even deeper down the rabbit hole in terms of their their whole branches of science now that look at how a person's DNA will facilitate a certain response to certain medications. And they're using this and they're going to use it even more so in the future so that they can promote their quote-unquote medicines. But a lot of these will be ethnic and phenotypical specific. And they were going to tell you that, okay, based on your genetics, maybe based on your ethnic background, this particular dosage or this particular uh, drug will help you. Well, we're dealing with companies that have put profit over people. And we need to be mindful of that. If their products are good, fine. But the only way we'll know is through testing. And we've been sold out by not only the FDA, but we've been sold out by the universities. We've been sold out by a lot of tech, biotech companies because biotechnology and bioinfographics and infonomics are new fields of study now. And they want the research money. They want the money from DARPA and the medical equivalent of DARPA. They want the same thing that the CIA and DARPA did for Silicon Valley, they want them to do that for them. And we've seen the downside of Silicon Valley. We've seen how they have become major molders of reality with their algorithms, with their information suppression, and with their selling. It's not just about mind control. It's about consumerism, which is another form of mind control, but it's also selling information about you creating a profile for you, not just a profile that will make it easier for them to prescribe certain drugs specifically for you, but also how they can sell you things. And you see it all the time. If you type something in your browser, you're looking for something, then the next time you come on, similar products are all on your thing unless you have an ad blocker. So this is what they're doing. They're creating a profile of you of your spending habits, of your proclivities, of what you're interested in. And a lot of what you're interested in has been manufactured through their advertising and their PR and their mind control and their mind entrainment. So it's an it's a ongoing loop. That's why we call it the matrix. The only way you can get out of it is to start thinking for yourself. Start not believing everything they say. Start questioning things. It's okay to be skeptical. It's okay to take your time before you make a move. Don't always just leap first and then look later. But that's what they want you to do because they want you to be outer-directed and fear-motivated. They use the negative emotions, fear, guilt, shame, to manipulate us. And when that doesn't work, they use coercion, state coercion, and you know extrajudicial co uh, coercion. And we need to be aware of that. And make up your mind because ultimately it's going to come down to you making up your mind. You realize that we're in a war, a struggle for the very life of this planet itself, and that you cannot be neutral. You are either engaged in the safety and well-being of the natural order, or you are on the side of the usurpers who want to usher in their new world order. Either way, you're in a struggle. There is no neutrality. Someone who thinks they're neutral sitting on the fence is going to end up 
as collateral damage. And that's not good. Now, keep in mind, there is going to be consequences for whatever decision you make. There is the law of consequences. There is justice in the universe. It's not what we're accustomed to. It's not you're going to go to a court of law because more than likely these psychopaths, these megalomaniacal people, these misanthropes, they're not going to be hauled before the International Criminal Court. They're not going to be hauled before the UN, which is part and parcel of their uh, New World Order agenda anyway. There is no court of public opinion that they respect. Yeah, they're afraid of us. The last thing they want is for us to wake up and to be free thinking, but they don't respect us. Just looking at modern day society, you can tell that. If you're willing to take off your blindfolds, pull your head out of the sand, and think for yourself. You owe it to your ancestors. You owe it to yourself. You owe it to your, your progeny. The Native Americans talk about planning seven generations into the future. We need to start thinking like that. We need to really comprehend what our behavior is all about and go back to the ancient wisdom. You know, there's a lot of ancient wisdom readily available to us. You can go to the various holy books. And I'm not talking about dogma. I'm not talking about religion or churchianity. I'm just saying tap into that ancient wisdom. There are things that say life and death is in the power of the tongue. Speak life. We need to think life. In order to speak life, you have to think life. We need to start thinking about what it means to live life on a holistic level and not just be caught up in this consumer-based, outer-directed economy. So with that, we encourage you to engage in mental decolonization. Think for yourself. Free your mind. The rest will follow. And we encourage you to stay well, stay healthy, and stay sane. Peace. (laughs) Peace.